that you could join us for episode 128 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we conclude our discussion of Joss Whedon's space western Firefly starring Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, Alan Tudyk, Summer Glau, Ron Glass, Sean Marr, Adam Baldwin, Jules State, and Marina Backer. And figure this is the last one. Get them all in. Yeah, I was worried there you might leave out certain people that are near and dear to my heart, but uh, you put them all in there. Well done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tonight we're going to be examining the 2005 film Serenity in just a few minutes. But before we get there, we'd love to hear from you, as always, via email at sci-fi-tv-rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can record a voicemail via the Send Voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. And as always, encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group, join the discussion there. And uh, again, just as a reminder, because somebody remembered, anybody that's in the group can add whoever they want. So somebody just added a bunch of people, which is awesome. And, you know, as long as it's Sci-Fi TV, Sci-Fi film, past, present, future, hey, everything's cool. Right. Yeah, a lot of people putting cool stuff in there. Uh, you know, like someone, I can't remember who, uh, put a little picture in there of the DC Comics characters uh, kind of posing as the cast members of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was uh, really cool. Brought back some oh. fond memories. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> well, the other thing I just wanted to say real quickly, you know, I, I mentioned this in the little take five that I put out there just to keep people up to date that, uh, you know, it's certainly good to be back recording Firefly, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, uh, you know, it, it's been a tough couple weeks for me and my family as my wife lost her dad. And, you know, now that, uh, well, it's, I guess it's never behind you, but uh, I, I guess the worst is over. So back to uh, Sci-Fi TV. Right. Yeah. Now, we did get a piece of listener feedback. Uh, it was about a week or so ago. Uh, and this is from Taltos who says, I finally caught up on Firefly and decided to watch Serenity with the commentary, which, you know, you and I have said, I mean, I've never done. I noted a few things that I thought were interesting and thought I'd share. The single shot introduction to the ship and crew starting about 10 minutes into the movie took 45 takes. It's actually two shots spliced together just after Mal and Simon start talking. It had to be split because the ship set was two sets next to each other. So when Simon and Mal go down the stairs, they end up on a different set. All right, that's huh. cool. I, I think I did read something about, uh, you know, them kind of reclaiming the set right. from the TV show. Uh, River's deactivation phrase, I'll probably mispronounce it, Eta Karam Nasmek is Russian for, this is laughter for chickens, meaning <laughs> this is absurd. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wonder who came up with that one. Probably yeah, the, Joss. The Joss Whedon, probably. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Joss Whedon had originally intended to introduce the Miranda storyline at the end of Firefly's second season. Uh, Serenity's crash landing on Mr. Universe's base is the only miniature work in the movie. That's pretty incredible. You know, I mean, 2005, I'm not really sure how much CGI was being used. I think quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. It wasn't necessarily as widespread, but... I think, you know, Pixar had been in business for a while at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Wash did not die in the original script. His death was added to up the stakes in the final fight, making the audience think that anyone could die. And then... I thought also, didn't you say that Alan uh, Tudyk didn't want to do it anymore? He didn't want there to be any chances of him coming back? 
No, I don't think I. I, I don't think it was me that said that. Huh. I don't. I don't recall reading that. But okay, I thought um, you had told me that. All right, and then, then. and then finally, Inara originally had a bow and arrow in the final Reaver fight, but it didn't test well with audiences, so it was digitally replaced with a crossbow. And I would certainly say that was a good decision. Yeah. So where the hell did she get a bow and arrow? I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, all right, well, listen, uh, the screenplay was obviously written by Joss Whedon, directed by Joss Whedon. The film was released September 30th, 2005, $39 million budget. It brought in $38.9 million at the box office, so it pretty much was a wash. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice use of words there. All right. Well, so, you know, I'm sure it's probably, you know, they probably got that last little bit from like DVD sales and stuff sure. like that. Yeah, so um, I'm sure it, it netted a profit, although... Not much of one. Not a huge one. It was a labor of love. Yeah. Now, a little bit of the backstory that I guess a lot of the listeners already know, but for those of you that don't, shortly after the cancellation, Whedon was looking for a way to continue the series as a film, even if it meant a low-budget TV film, and he met with Universal executive Mary Parrott, who apparently was a fan of the show and immediately signed on to the project, even though he didn't even have a story done yet. Uh, Universal then acquired the rights from Fox and then September t- 2004 confirmed that a film deal was in the is had been made. And at this point, it's generally assumed that the fact that the series DVD sold out in less than 24 hours are what sparked the suits at Universal to go ahead and move forward with this project. And then like you, you mentioned the DVDs for the movie. I'm, I'm sure it was, uh, you know, they were banking on the same thing happening. Sure. Okay. Now, Whedon's task was to write a screenplay that would appeal to newcomers and hardcore fans and ended up basing his story on original ideas for Firefly's unfilmed second season. After getting his original script of 190 pages down to a size that was filmable under his budget constraints, the movie was greenlit after only a weekend of consideration by the studio. And the plan was to begin shooting in October 2003, but delays in finishing the script postponed it to uh, uh, 2004. The initial 80 days and $100 million budget was reduced to less than half of that and ended up being shot locally. And that was apparently one of the things that, that Whedon told them that, look, I can shoot it on a shoestring if I need to. Serenity was filmed over a period of 50 10-hour days beginning June 3rd, 2004 and ending September 17th. And... The production expected to save money by reusing the Serenity ship's interior from the Firefly TV series. However, that set had been built in pieces as episode called for new rooms. And, you know, using DVD images of the TV series as a guide, they rebuilt it over 14 weeks on Universal Studios Stage 12. So I guess it was a a lot of different pieces. Um, It had its world premiere at the Edinburgh International Film Festival, August 22nd, 2005, Premiere sold out. Festival arranged for two more screenings, which also sold out in 24 hours. So, you know, it it certainly had that core audience. But here's, you know, Wayne, the Facebook groups, forums online, you know, everybody talks about wanting them to come back, make a film, reboot the series. But how do you do that? I mean, Wash is dead. Book is dead. I mean, do you just come back with the seven that are remaining? Yeah, well, they can. I think what they can do is they can dig up Wash and Book. Um, they'll take them to the pit in the League of Assassins and throw them into the water. Okay. 
How's that? For, how's that for an idea? I'm good with that. <laughs> now, although that's DC, right? And Whedon's tied to Marvel, kind of. So I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah. But I don't know if he's still tied though. He's not doing uh, yeah, Avengers yeah, right. anymore, right? So. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, you could do like a prequel. But the problem there is the actors are all 10, yeah. 12 years older, and you know, so that's not going to really work. So then, what do you do? Okay, we'll do a prequel, but we'll bring in new actors, and I don't think anybody would be happy with that either. Well, I mean, that is probably the most. Well, I, I figured, like, again, like in in my fantasies. I imagine one of two things happening. Uh, on the one hand, they reboot it, new cast, fresh new faces, and that's a leap, right? Because sure. you know, part of the reason that the show was so great is because of the actors, right? I'm not saying that's the only reason, but that is a big reason, right? Of course, absolutely. A really excellent mix. That cast was fantastic. So you're taking a chance there, okay? Or they go and they have the the crew now. It's like you know, ten years after the events of Serenity happened. Uh, but right then, there's no wash, no book, unless you know, like I said, some resurrection thing. Maybe that can be it. They're fighting this foe that goes around resurrecting people, and uh, they have to change zombie book and zombie wash back into human. You know, actually, this is starting to sound good. I might write this script out. You know? Yeah, but you know, I mean, more realistic would be to perhaps have them in flashbacks. But the problem still is there that they're ten, twelve years older than they were. Right, right. Uh, though I think Alan Tudyk still looks still looks like a sprightly young guy. You know, I haven't seen Ron Glass in a while, so I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I have. He's still doing the uh, the convention circuit. And, and speaking of that, I I don't think either of us has seen Con Man yet, which has been out for a while. So nope. Um, I'd really be interested. Hey, if anybody's seen it and, and you want to. Uh, you know, send us, uh, you know, an email with your thoughts that, uh, you know, that'd be great. I'd be, uh, I'd certainly be interested in hearing that. Yeah. So maybe we'll figure out a way we can check it out sometime too. Yeah. So, all right, well, listen, why don't we talk about the film and the opening sequence? You know, I, I really love the way it opens with the, the succinct history lesson that then morphs into the fact that it's actually Alliance propaganda being you know fed to the children one of whom is river right different actress though right obviously uh, but but i guess it's still basically accurate at least from what we've learned throughout the series as far as the history of the yeah sure well, i assume it's accurate i don't know much about the history of this made-up place but well right but i mean i'm just saying that that you know they always talk about that history is told through the eyes of the victors yes and, oh yeah absolutely right, right right well we also see in this opening sequence simon freeing river from the alliance experimentation and and, and you know we knew what they did to her was horrible but you know when we, when we see that that needle or whatever it is you know yeah. in her forehead and he has to pull it out uh, it, it was pretty awful and and you know so we learned she's psychic and we kind of knew that already so but, uh, actually this is like the, the question that I have is, you know, is it worse than what you had in your head when they didn't really show that? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, I'm not so sure if it was for me. Okay. You thought, I don't it was, know. you thought it was even worse than what we saw. Yeah. I, I mean, like by not mentioning it, like you just, 
I don't know. I guess it really brings it home, though, when you see it, though, you know. Well, and certainly Simon has mentioned that they cut into her brain. So I guess, you know, we didn't necessarily know, you know, does she have scars in her hairline or whatever? But, you know, seeing that that needle, maybe they that's what, you know, they went in through the front. I mean, yeah. I think I just saw like a guy with a big like circular saw or something like. Yeah. Well, right. Which is obviously pretty horrible. Like, yeah, you know, the miter bench or something. Um, and then eventually we learn that what we're watching is a replay of the video when he, you know, sprung her from there. Right, which and, we don't know. Right. Right. And, and that an alliance operative is preparing to seek out and capture River Tam. And, and you know, that doctor kind of, he was kind of weaselly for sure. And, and that apparently what he did was place her, a known psychic, in a room with key members of parliament. And then uh, obviously at, at the end, we, you know, we certainly learn what it is that she learned. Yeah. And, the, and then that line that he utters, where are you hiding, little girl? Yeah. So Right. Well, the, the one thing, like, as Simon is, like, you know, pretending to be a guy from the government or whatever, like, he kind of, the information that he reveals to um, the, that doctor or whatever is a lot more than he ever revealed on the TV show. But, you know, the, but he would have known all that because obviously this is before the events of the TV show, you know. Right, exactly. Right. Um, now, you know, there are a lot of questions that we have and, and some points that we can well, should we throw, Actually, should we throw the operative's name out there? Should we talk about uh, this guy a little bit? Oh, yeah. Good, right. I'll let you pronounce it. <laughs> I, I looked it up. I'm probably still going to mess it up. Uh, Chudal AGO4. Okay, and, that's how uh, I would have said it. And he's uh, obviously, his most famous role is uh, 12 Years a Slave. He was awesome in that movie. But Dave has a special place in his heart for the movie Love Actually. Love Actually. Yeah, he's the guy that uh, his best friend marries Kira Knightley, but he's been in love with her the whole time. He's so. the best friend. He is the best friend. You know who is the guy who's in love with Kira Knightley? Uh, I've seen him in other things. You, I can't think well, of his name. You might not have, but the rest of the world sees him once a week on AMC's Walking Dead. That's Andrew Lincoln, my friends. Oh, I, I know that name, but... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Rick Grimes... Was once a uh, video recording little sissy on Love Actually. <laughs> right. That's like the weirdest relationship in that whole thing, man. You know, because yeah. he's like in love with his best friend's wife, and she kind of digs him, but she's married to his best. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie though. Um, well, you know, I mean, one of the things since you brought him up, you know, at the end, why does he give the order to stand down? Um, because it's like what he had meant to stop he didn't stop okay you know like he was supposed to stop them sending out that message and he didn't so killing them at that point would be uh superfluous okay right? and i guess right but i guess given everything he said about himself you know like he was under no illusions that he was a bad man uh that that you know but he's not he's not vengeful though right okay it, it okay. was all it was all business to him and he had no you know no reason to kill except to stop them from getting that message out. But once the message was out, the only, you know, the only reason he'd have to kill him is out of vengeance or, or petulance. And, and he's not like that. I yeah. thought it was very revealing about the character. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, again, now that you're saying it like that, that, that does make perfect sense. And, and then even then the subsequent scene when he and Mal are, are talking, you know, and everything's, 
you know, they're basically saying goodbye to each other, that if I ever see you again, you won't, he tells them. Right. Uh, but one of the things I love, I mean, look, there's so many things about this film that I love, but on some levels, it really is exploring Malcolm Reynolds' relationship with the enigmatic River Tam, who embodies everything that he's not, you know, and, and he wants her to be part of the team, but it's like that struggle, you know, that, that she puts the team in danger, but she's part of the team. And, and, you know, the struggle that he must be going through, uh, I, I mean, we only see a small piece of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's a, a big struggle for him because he's got this very simple philosophy of if you're in my crew, I protect you no matter what. Yeah. You know? Right. But he's ready to put them off. Yeah, and it's only the it's only when she kicks everybody's ass in that uh, bar or whatever it was they were in, um, and, and you wonder. I mean, was that simply a threat? You know, to get his point across, and then push would have come to shove. He'd have taken him. I mean, we, we'll never know. Obviously, I mean, it's, it's Simon's idea, right? Simon's the one who's like, "We're out of here." Well, yeah, but, but he kind of gets pushed into a corner. Yeah, he kind of does, but he he overreacts. You know, like Simon is just you know being a douche right Cause, right because he's and, like you know you put my sister in danger and mal's like dude danger's like part and parcel right sure sure uh and i guess part of his problem river that uh simon that is is on the one hand he's got to let go but she is only 17 yeah i think we forget that a lot of times right now true now she true. does have one of the best lines in uh, in the movie you, you know when they come back from the job i swallowed a bug I swallowed a bug, right? Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. Um, I, you, you said that to me the other day. Like, you know, that's that's her takeaway from this whole near death experience at the hands of the Reavers. Exactly. Uh, you know, that, one of the other things that comes out in the film, you know, Mao's desperation uh, about basically being able to support his family because you know having the Tams on board does limit the kinds of jobs and the number of jobs that they can take. So, you know, there's that. Uh, I guess we do get an answer about the visions that she sees, you know, that that she sees in her head that she doesn't want. Yeah. Well, she's naturally psychic, right? I mean, like, like that was, that was like, that's like her, her, she was born that way, right? Yeah. 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 Um, hey, we get to see Kaylee and Simon get together finally. So. Yeah. I mean, we're happy for Kaylee. Yeah. Well, that was a... I don't care about Simon still, but... Yeah, <laughs> good point. All right, well, let's... All right, so, you know, the, the beginning of the movie, the crew's preparing for a job, and obviously the conflict that, that leads to a lot of the things we just mentioned is that Mal plans to take River, much to the consternation of Simon, who, you know, who does his best to change Mal's mind. So I, I guess we're to believe this is the first job she's been on? I think so, yeah. Okay. Right. And, you know, Mal saying it's time she earned her keep. And, uh, hey, if she's a reader, she could see into the truth of things that might come in handy on this job. Sure. And, and of course, it does. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, like, yeah, it's dangerous. But, you know, like I said, I mean, that's like you know, it, Simon can't expect that they just get to fly for free. Right. I mean, like everyone else is out there risking their lives to keep serenity going so you know they need to pony up as well right uh well you know and, and like you alluded to a minute ago i mean everything they do is dangerous 
Uh-huh. So, so uh, now, you know, they do have a plan to rob the payroll of a company and, and, and it kind of reinforces what it's sometimes easy to forget that you know, they're crooks, they're criminals. Um, you know, they they do help people. But at the end of the day, that's what they do. The other thing we get for the first time, at least I don't remember, is we finally see Reavers, right? Yeah. Yeah, we ne- we just saw the ship, right? They were chased by the Reavers before, but we never saw the actual. Well, we did. Well, the, the guy who turned Reaver, remember they found him on the ship. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so, that's right. But uh, other than that, no. Right. So, but, but, yeah, which we, we've mentioned before, because that's like they're even scarier because you just see like what they do, right? And, right. and so they're even more menacing. Right. Just the threat of them. Um, well, and, and that's in fact what happens as they're emptying the vault. She senses Reavers and and lets everybody know they get out just in time. But, uh, you know, the one thing that becomes clear to me in this sequence is that Mal has really taken a liking to River, despite, you know, all the posturing, you know, all the, the things going on with Simon. He refers to her as little girl, takes her hand as they escape the Reavers and then... Uh, you know, that scene that I don't know why I think it's Zoe that then later kind of questions the fact that Mal did this, that, you know, the guy jumps on board their their plane. This is sort of just like out of uh, Battlestar Galactica. Remember when uh, ah, I can't yeah, remember. It's, the, it's been too long since I've seen uh, PSG. I, I, I know. So. Uh, Hilo and uh, I got I can't think of her name. They're, they're crashed on this one. Planet. Oh, uh, uh yeah, Grace Park. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, come on. Boomer. Boomer, right. And, and, and you know, all these people want to get on their fighter, but they can only take a couple people. And, the, you know, the one guy jumps on and, and all of that. And, you know, Mal has to push him off because he says, you know, that, that they don't have room, that, that it would be too much weight. Too much weight, yeah. And, and then you see that he's, you know, falls into the hands of the Reavers and Mal shoots him to put him out of his misery so that he's not you know, basically tortured even worse, seems the humane, uh, humane thing, the, the, the humanic, the humane thing to do. Little extant reference there. I, I wouldn't get that, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, somebody might. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, Zoe questions him about that la- later on, uh, which I don't yeah. get. Well, you know, she just loves giving him crap, man. Yeah. You know, it's something about being married <laughs> yeah i'm just kidding um, uh but uh it's he's got no choice i mean yeah he'd love to take the whole town with him right but right right he can't and it's not their fault that the reavers are there uh, exactly yeah you know? so he's again it's clear for him to protect him and his that that guy he just he couldn't he couldn't come along yeah uh so you know the the little hovercraft that they've got makes it you know, inside Serenity in the nick of time. Um, but that was kind of after, you know, River and and I guess Mal and and the crew knew this about the Reavers, but, but she points it out, at least for the viewers, that the Reavers want us alive when they eat us. Yeah. Wow. So that's, yeah. Again, that just makes them even scarier. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Uh, I just want to bring up one thing about the bank heist because there's like the one scene where they like are yelling down to the guy downstairs. Right. Um, you reminded me of uh, Woodcock from uh, Butch and Sundance. You know, the guy where they, they keep robbing the train. It's always like the same guy guarding the bank vault or whatever. 
Ah, it's been so long since I've seen that. Oh, uh, it's just like one guy's like this kind of nerdy banker type guy, Woodcock. And, uh, you know, and so they, Butch and Sundance robbed this train and, and, uh, and he's the guy guarding and they robbed the money. The second time they, they robbed the same train, it's the same guy there. And they're like, Woodcock, is that you? You know, it's just really funny like that. So remind me that, that kind of lighthearted, yeah, I'm robbing this place, but I'm personable and funny is kind of like, you know, harkens back to that movie, I think. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you mentioned a minute ago about the whole thing about being married. And obviously, you know, we know Zoe and Mal are not married in, in that way. But but I mean, just the, the, the connection that they have. But that whole idea of leaving a man behind something they would have never done in the war. And then she says, maybe that's why we lost. And I'm thinking like, yeah. wow, that, that's, that's harsh. That is harsh. And, and that just seems so out of character for her. So, you know, I guess the whole crew it's it's not that they're splintering but i think they are just so raw and so ragged because their life you know has look it's always been difficult but now having the tams on board it has you know ramped it up a few notches yeah and the reavers kind of put everyone's nerves on edge a little bit too you know yeah they do that's true uh now all the while rivers listening from above and then you know we hear kaylee mentioned that she thinks the captain's going to run them all off one by one the same way he did to Inara. And then, you know, the editing in this, a big surprise, but the editing was just astounding. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Mal watching a video of Inara cleaning out her shuttle just before leaving, uh, That it was and it was shot by Kaylee. And look, again, we, we said through all 14 episodes, we know they love each other and um, you know, so, so the fact that he's, you know, watching this just kind of reinforces that, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, very melancholy scene there, you know. So, all right. So they're on the planet. Uh, I think it's Beaumont, if I recall Beaumont, correctly. Yes. Um, Simon and River apparently now on their own. And, and, and you know, Kaylee's kind of concerned. He, he, she tells Mal that it's his fault that she and Simon never got together. And he tells her that it had, if it had been him, he'd have told the person he was in love with. Yeah, tell that to Inara. Right. <laughs> so, and everyone's just cutting on. Well, I know that, and and <laughs> and again, and it kind of leads, you know, later on when he tells all of them, you know what? If you're not with me, you're against me. If you're against me, get off the boat. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he he certainly did get pushed to that point, but. I mean, some of it is his doing, I guess. I don't know. All right, so. I, well, I mean, it's it, it's it's like kind of like the burden of leadership, I guess, in, in many ways where, you know, like someone's got to be in charge. Someone's got to make the tough decisions. And, you, you know, you're not always going to be popular. Well, you know, it's funny. And Michael and I were talking about that with S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's kind of what you see with with Daisy now that she's been put in charge of assembling a team of the Inhumans. And she's still making decisions, I think, based on emotion yeah. as opposed to Coulson, who's done this. He's yeah, been in a position. Just, I just watched that last night, so I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so he's been in a position where he's had to make tough calls for so long, and I guess it's just something that you learn. You learn it by doing. Yeah. Hey, there's another way that we can bring back Wash and Book. They can How? go to uh, Tahiti, right? Oh, good point. It's a magical <laughs> place. You magical know? place. 
All right, so they're in the bar to meet the contacts. Jane and Mal are told that their future cuts are going to be 15% smaller. These, those twin guys. Uh, yeah. you know, it's like, well, how can you tell us apart? He's better looking or something. I forget uh-huh. what he says. But uh, River senses something, an ambush of Mal and Jane, I guess. And the next thing you know, she's kicking everybody's ass until finally she and Mal have guns pointed at one another. When Simon utters that phrase, River there's, falls uh, to the ground. Yeah, the Russian chickens. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, there's actually a line there where, you know, Simon kind of asks River if she wants to stay here, uh, we assume in Beaumont. Uh, and she says, it isn't safe. And, and that's right before she, you know, she goes on her uh, you know, little rampage there. Um, so does she mean like it's not safe here? Or it's not safe on Serenity? You know, it's like. It's well, because then doesn't she say something? It's not safe for them, and I'm not sure whether she means the crew, rest of the crew or the people. Yeah, right. Yeah, that she's about to tear up. Right. <laughs> um, and, and but the point then we see is that we, we've really never seen Mal this angry because he feels duped by Simon regarding the dangers that River poses, and and I guess part of the problem continues to settle on the fact that Simon really doesn't know everything that was done to her. You know, right? Yep. And, and then, look, Wash mentions they're flying blinder than usual. Look, you got to love somebody that's named Mr. Universe. Right. That's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, my, my parents, I think, were considering naming me that, but they, they, they went with Wayne instead. Yeah, didn't want to make your sisters jealous, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the character he plays I right. He apparently monitors all audio and video waves in the universe. Yes, and, and right. you know, a couple times he, you know, he he makes the statement that you know everything's out there. You can't erase it. There's going to be a footprint, fingerprint somewhere. But what Mal's worried about is the video of River kicking everybody's ass, you know, in the bar. And he says that apparently the authorities haven't been alerted to it, but he could tell somebody had watched it, right? Yes. And and of course we assume that was the I exactly yeah. the operative. Yeah. Um, and then the the cartoon footage was pretty awesome. We we learned that they're embedding subliminal messages, and and I guess they figure that, that it's been going on for a while to try to trigger river right i mean it's like a full court press to find her yeah or yeah yeah or disable her right right yeah pretty much just for river right because i'm I'm thinking like it could just well i think it's just also something that in general they have probably for any operative that was in this program i assume she's not the only one right no i wouldn't think so no i mean we don't know if all those other kids at her school were in the same situation as she right I assume they were, but it's only an assumption. We don't really know that. I mean, you know, but, either but I, way, she was probably the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And certainly the only one that, that escaped. Right. Now, no, I guess there's no reason. I, I always thought that this was like some kind of program and some kind of like, but there's, now that I think about it, there's like nothing that said that there were other children and other people involved in this program besides her, well, you know? Well, that's true. I mean, we just knew that, as Simon had told us, she was enrolled in this special school that seemed to have 
everything that she really wanted in an education, but of course it, it, it turned out to be something other than what it was sold as. Yeah, exactly. So I guess probably that's where I got in my head that she was part of a larger program is because the cover story was that she was at school, but she didn't, she's, again, she could have very well been all by herself. Right. Now, as Simon's tending to her, she's obviously been handcuffed to a grade at this point. <laughs> They're afraid of me. And it's like, yeah, really, you think? Uh, but but she points out that she's got this terrible memory that she claims is not hers. She, she doesn't want to carry it. And it seems to be triggered by, at this point, we don't know whether it, it's a person or whatever, but the name Miranda comes up for the first time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then we get the quick shot of the operative and Inara, and we pretty much know no good will come of this. And, and this, again, played out to be an awesome scene because the, the crew's now hiding out under the watchful eye of Shepard Book, who counsels Mal regarding his decision to not get rid of River and Simon. And he seems to know a lot about the Alliance's playbook in this case. And, and uh, you know, one of the listeners mentioned to us that, that Shepard's backstory is covered in one of the graphic novels and and even though i'm not a big graphic novel fan i may have to check that one out i, yeah. I do have to know but uh, yeah um, no it's like killing you right like they never even like he just dies and and that they don't like we could have thrown us a bone here you know i'm guessing he was an operative i mean the, the way he talks about it, he seems to know everything about the way he's going to go about take carrying out his mission and he also then mentions the fact that they are engaging in operative means that this mission is hidden as well. So that it must, they must really feel rivers important to go to this much, this much trouble. And then Mal says, well, you know, I should have just left her there. And he says, well, you know, it's not your way. Just like to, to go back to the one thing, like when, uh, you know, Simon's turned to river and she says to put a bullet to me, you know, like that was, when River started out, she was just like this kind of crazy kid and she was wacko. We didn't really like her very much at first, you know, because she was just too weird and too much trouble. But, you know, as we know her more and more and see especially what's happened to her, we sympathize with her so much. And and now she lets to, to be, to realize that she's this weapon that she doesn't even have control over herself, that she can just be, someone can pull her, her like, you know, use her like she's a gun just by pulling a trigger on her. That's just got to be like one of the worst things ever you know yeah to, to have total loss of control yeah there's no question and jane was playing the guitar too see that yeah i did good point <laughs> now uh inara sends mal a wave requesting the crew's help and you know the scene where the two of them are stumbling about verbally like two school kids was just priceless. And then at the end, Mal goes to the bridge and the crew. Now we saw that they were doing it, uh, watching and listening the whole time. They're all gathered about uh, trap. Wash asks, and, and Mal concurs. It, but Kaylee, ever the romantic, asks, "Well, maybe she just wants to see you." And he says, "Were we fighting with each other?" No. No. <laughs> then it's a trap trap <laughs> <laughs> right exactly and we're going in anyway so we get to inara's world mal enters her quarters dressed as a woman uh and then it, again it's like are you stupid i can't believe you and i guess uh, the first time i didn't expect the alliance to just you know be in the next room but 
but uh, the operative enters, fighting ensues, and, uh, you know, we, I think we asked once before, we wondered what kind of fighting training Inara had. I think, you know, when we were back at the whorehouse on, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the planet. Uh, yeah, I can't either. Right. But clearly she does have fight training. And even though she does get knocked around, you could just tell by the way she was moving that, that she had been trained. It's just that this guy was far yeah. superior. She did have the foresight, though, to set a flash bomb with a slow fuse. Yeah, that, that's that, good thinking. Uh, yep. That uh, allows Mal and her to escape in her shuttle. <laughs> and it goes, your shuttle. It's not your shuttle anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right, so we yeah. get back. We like, get, well, there's the, also that line where, you know, um, the operative says, you know, you can't make me angry to, to Mal, and Nora says, please spend an hour with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's funny because I was thinking, ah, you know, there just aren't as many snappy lines as there are in the show, but I guess right. because the film is longer, they're just sure. spread out more and and – and there's a lot more, like, because it is a feature film, like, the action sequences are, are more extravagant and they're longer as well. Um, so, yeah, I, abs- I noticed that as well. I think probably that one, uh, this little scene here, where there's a lot of, it reminds you of when they had all the, that snappy banter. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, it doesn't, and, and the tone of this movie is much darker than oh, the yeah. television show, you know? it's It's not... As lighthearted as some of the, as the TV show was, right? And I guess the beauty of it is that when we get to the final scenes, you know, it, there there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, the clouds are dissipating, and and the darkness is is clearing. And and, and I th- I just think it's beautiful the, the the way it's done there. But we're back on Serenity, and we talked a couple minutes ago about Zoe. You know, throwing out that that barb about, uh, you know, maybe that's why we lost the war. And now Jane's questioning the wisdom of harboring the Tams to the point that he challenges Mal in front of the crew. It's like, you want to run this ship? Yeah, I do. Just, well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And, and he, <laughs> he brings up Serenity Valley. And, and, you know, how many of your crew or uh, how many of your platoon survived? And Zoe then steps in and tells Jane you know, you need to leave. Inara even questions him, uh, uh, telling him that, you know, you came to the training house looking for a fight. And he says, no, I came for you. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, nice. that, was, that was nice. Right. And, Don't and, get him anywhere, but. Well, <laughs> in the next breath, he tells her he wishes he she wasn't there because her presence confuses him. Yeah. Yep. So. It's just such a mess, man. Yeah, you know, like the whole. God, ah, you know, but like, when we get to the end, I love the ending. And, yeah. and, but so we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so then River locks herself in the bridge, and we learn that it's to put in the coordinates to the planet Miranda, which I guess she has. Uh, did I don't know if I missed it or, or, I mean, how does she know to do that? Um. That's a good. I don't know. I I, that, I don't. I I think that just kind of came up. Well, it's. I think we chalked it up to. Oh, that's you know, River. Okay, River just knows stuff, right? Okay, although it's possible I missed it, but either way, I, well, I think I missed it too. So if we both missed it, I mean, not the same. We're like super attentive all the time, but I'd say it's likely that they didn't really, or it was so quickly or expeditiously done that as not to really draw any notice. You know, right? We're attentive to our wives, and that's about it. 
That's so, right. I don't have much time for anything else. That's right. All right. So Mal enters <laughs> and tries to talk with her and asks her, and, and again, this this developing relationship between the two asks her if she's more than just a killing machine because, you know, I think you are. I think there's a person inside there. And I start thinking like, well, is he being honest about that? Does he really think that? And, and I, I think he does. I just think yeah. he's just really conflicted. What's sure. The, what to do with her? How to, how to, talk to her? Hey, I've, I've been married almost twenty years, and I still feel like that well, sometimes. So, yeah. So uh, I'll I'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> She's not gonna listen anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So they kind of figure out what the deal is here. That you know, how come we've never heard of this planet? And I think it's Malcolm that says half of writing history is hiding the truth. Now. Granted, at this point, they have no idea what the truth is, but if you want to hide something badly enough, there's a reason. Yeah. And that gets them to head to the planet Miranda, the planet that doesn't seem to be on the charts. So they don't, uh, no, I'm sorry, they do. They return to Book's compound and they find that the Alliance has burned and killed everyone. Book barely alive. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Star Wars, right? The first one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they they go back and... Emperor and Uncle Owen are, I've been killed right. and, you and, know. And, and you've mentioned that Joss Whedon's a big Star Wars fan sure. before. Yeah. So. Well, who wouldn't be, right? Well, well right. Uh, but then that line, you know, he he dies in Malcolm's arms right uh, after telling him, look, I don't care what you believe as long as you believe. And obviously we know he died a noble death. On the one hand, I guess I feel a little bit cheated that I didn't get to see him how he died because you know darn well he took down a lot of them before they took him down sure. yeah he shot down the ship right he does say that yeah uh, but then what is it that he wants malcolm to believe in i mean what are some of the options i mean i don't think he means religion yeah uh, I, I think he's just like you know he's just encouraging mal to take a stand not just fly in the wind and everything You've mentioned that it, that it's obviously a much darker film than the, the TV show, and, and I think we see a much darker Malcolm Reynolds. So when he starts to put his plan into motion, which is to have Serenity posing as a Reaver ship, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think they think he's starting to lose it at this point? I, I think there's this... Yeah, the crew is very concerned that he is not in full possession of his faculties. Because it can't simply be a morality issue, you know, you know putting dead bodies on the ship. Right. Well, I, there is. I mean, I mean that is part of it's it, sure. It's a little morality because, um, but, uh, you know, Malcolm is, he's the opposite of the operative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, though he says, you know, I don't murder children, and the other says, I do if I have to. Um, so... They, and they both kind of, you know, they're, they're foils. So they're similar in many ways and different in many ways. And, and in the same way that they are goal-directed and this is what we have to do. And even if it's unpleasant, even if you have to do squeamish things in order to get, do what needs to be done, then that's what we have to do. And, and we've seen it before, just not on this scale. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, we're so used to seeing Malcolm, well, we know Mal, the compassionate, individual right the the merciful compassionate man but now we're seeing his vengeful side and you know like he shoots that alliance guy who survived who's crawling out of the ship he just shoots him you know just 
not, without batting an eye. Like like you said, I mean, the crew's just not used to seeing him like this and are probably concerned as well as concerned with the uh, what needs to be done. And just the idea of we're going to fly through the Reavers, period, I guess, it would be a, really a tremendous concern for them. Which I guess is one of the uh, selling points for the Alliance of having Miranda located where it's located because it's it's way out there, but you got to go through Reaver territory to get there. And you wonder, had the series survived, because we assume that the Miranda story is something that, that Joss Whedon had planned for season two or, or even beyond, because we find this advanced developed world that nobody knew existed and everybody's dead. And it's not like they were killed. They just died at their jobs, in their cars, on the street. And then River says, please, God, make me a stone. And and I guess it's a, she can even, I guess, feel things from people that are dead. I guess that's what she meant. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure she meant that or just that it was just, uh, oh, just generally overwhelming. Okay, because, you know, whether or not she can take on the pain, emotions of the dead, but okay, so maybe just But then she threw up and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like, it really affected her way more than everyone else, though, you know? Well, yeah, and and then she tells, right after she throws up, she tells Simon, she said, all right. And, 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 you know, there's like a different look on her face that, no, I'm all right. Almost as if she's purged her demons. Oh, that's nice, Dave. I mean, I, I because no, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and you know the the knowledge of Miranda, the fact that she knows about it, is obviously why the alliance fears her. But you know, we we get there, and River finds that recording of the scientist who's uh, again, and we've seen this this uh, plot device before, and and that's okay. I mean, it's it's certainly a a, a wonderful way of getting the information across. Yeah, especially with Sarah Paulson delivering the information. Oh, is that who that is? Uh-huh. Okay. I thought I recognized her. Or, I mean, I didn't, you know, put the name, but I, I knew I recognized her. But we learned this is the genesis of the Reavers. Yep. So now, yeah. you know, so now we know why Reaver territory is where it is. Sure. And, yeah, any good, you know, zombie movie is going to have something like this, you know, like someone making recording and then taken out by the zombie at the end of the recording. Oh, and you even see she tries to put the gun to her own head. Yeah. But is unsuccessful at yeah, doing that. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. So, I guess it's back on Serenity because they're they're in the the dining area at the kitchen table. Mal is addressing the crew about what they're going to do. And, and you know, again, I love that line, somebody has to speak for these people. Right? It, it it even takes me back to I think it's the uh uh the second book of Ender's Game, Speaker for the Dead. Oh, Speaker of the Dead, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That somebody has to do that. And he says, no more running. And then that famous line, I aim to misbehave. <laughs> and I then, didn't even write that down. That's a great line. And then Jane <laughs> recalls something that Book told him. If you can't do something smart, do something right. Yep. Yeah. And... So they decide they're going to lead the Alliance and the operative on a chase using the Reaver fleet as cover, end up crashing Serenity on the planet of Mr. Universe since they're going to try and play the message so that everybody in the universe can see and hear what it is the Alliance is trying to do, which is basically take control of their minds. You know? Yeah, Uh uh-huh. And I guess they're followed by that. uh, Yeah, and the fact that 
you know, how the Alliance is, like, you know, they had a whole plan. Like, they were just experimenting on a whole plan of people, you know. Right, but I obviously the long-term idea was total control. Yep. But there's apparently one surviving Reaver ship and, you know, uh, Serenity crashes and we think everything's going to be okay. And the next thing you know, this spike comes through the front windshield and Wash is killed. The first time I saw this, I, I must rewound that like three times just to be like, what? Yeah, what did I just, just see? It's like literally out of nowhere, yeah. you know? And it's like shocking. You're like, Wash can't be dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, they have no time to grieve and especially Zoe, and clearly she's distraught, but she's got to put herself into soldier mode and do the job, even oh, though she, yeah, she does right, even though she verbalizes that the odds that they're going to survive are pretty small, that you know, they're going to live, and, and Jane's like, well, well I might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Mal finds Mister Universe dead, but his sex bot, apparently, he uttered a few words as he was dying. So she's speaking for him, tells Mal, well, there's secret generator and transmitter, but it's really hard to get to. And then, of course, the operative comes behind Mal and hears the same recording. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's I like how they did that. Well, I mean, you don't like that Mr. Universe got killed, but you how they have him speaking through. Uh, the robot there was really kind of for a, a character that we only saw briefly. You you really feel uh, the, the the tragedy of his death there, you know. Well, sure, and, and the fact that he's trying to do the right thing as he's dying, even though and we, like you said, we don't see him enough to know whether he's a good person or a bad person, or if he's just like some nut with a bunch of electronic gear. Right, right. Know? It's probably a little bit of both, as are we all. But you know, right, um, um, but the, he's you know. I think Joss Whedon was clearly a fan of the Austin Powers movies as well. Yeah, good point. Putting a fembot in there. Uh, But the next thing is really cool. We've got the two concurrent fight scenes, you know, Mal fighting the operative and then the crew versus the Reavers. And we see the different sides of the characters. I mean, we see Inara handle a weapon pretty deftly. And then Simon finally does what we've been waiting. (laughs) I feel like say what we've been waiting six seasons for him to say <laughs> we've been waiting 13 episodes for yeah, 14 14 right sorry. um and now kaylee's motivated to live hell with this i'm gonna live she says cocking the gun like you know she goes from like almost being afraid of the weapon that was handed to her you know to now being a frontline soldier being in a position where you know you're gonna die like you got nothing to lose right yeah uh, and then you know zoe starts acting kind of erratically to the point where Jane more or less has to start taking charge. And and we get that, you know, we understand that her husband just was killed before her eyes. Yeah. We kind of get that. Um, And, but it was nice to see Jane, you know, do, do what he needs to do. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, like she just, just, she's like, we see her in like full warrior goddess mode here, you know, just like, just like, totally kicking ass and taking names and so you know like she's very upset but you know she's like still like she's she's on a mission now you know right so i think we end with inara and river being the only two that weren't shot yeah that's i I was looking at trying to figure out like everyone gets hit except for inara right right And, and i say river right 
Right. So, you know, we talked already, you know, the operative realizes that, okay, the, the message has been sent out there. There's no reason that I need to bring the TAMs in anymore. He lets them go. Uh, he, you know, he calls off the attack. But, but as he says, I can't guarantee that they're going to stop looking for you. So now the, the likelihood is that they probably won't, you know, devote. I mean, what's the point, I guess. But you know, should there be a point, you know, like the, he's basically saying, you know, should our paths cross again? You know, you don't want it to basically. Right, right. So, and, and then we get to the, like the, the, the short ending scenes that, that are just wonderful. You know, that Mal asks Zoe, and we know he's talking about serenity, thinks she'll hold together. But, you know, to me, the subtext gets at the crew that despite all the losses, Will the crew hold together? And I think we know the answer is yes, it will. That despite it all, it's been strengthened. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, when you see them, you know, together at the end and and especially um, River and and, um, and Mal uh, piloting the ship out of there, you you do get a really, uh, you know, pretty, despite everything that's happened that, it's going to be okay. Yeah, and it's just you know it's just one cool thing after another at the end because then Mal asks Inara she's getting preparing to leave, and he says, "Are you ready to get off this heap?" And she says, "I don't know." He turns around. Good answer. Good answer. And, and he's smiling, and she's smiling, and you know what? I guess that's all we're going to get, but it's enough. It's good enough because. You know, so you're saying there is a chance. Oh, I'm saying that, uh, yeah, there is, she's not going anywhere. And yeah. she may not be spending all her time in the shuttle. Anyway. Oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we see Mal at the controls of the ship, and we know he's talking to a co-pilot, and then when we see its river, it's like, oh, my, does it get any better? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And, right, and he starts to try to explain to her, and then she's not listening. She just takes immediate control of the ship, and then he starts waxing poetic about the beauty of flying. Uh, and he goes, ah, you, you know what I'm going to say. And she says, yeah, but I like hearing you say it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, but really, what a beautiful thing to say. It, that, that, it really is, yeah, absolutely. I'm smiling here just thinking about it again, you know. I mean, especially given all that the two of them have been through. And I think mm-hmm. all along, I think he really did like her. It's just that she frightened him on one level and you know put his crew in danger but you're part of the family and and uh, yeah what what parent isn't like a little frightened of their teenager though you know yeah of course like and you know you're worried about them you you don't like them all the time you know like they they make you mad but you love them but you're worried about them all these emotions and then you know they kind of become adults and and you're like Oh, you're you're real. Uh, you know, somehow we made you into a real person here. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll get to a point, you know, mid twenties when they can actually tell you the truth about some of the things that happened, and <laughs> and you'll think they're funny. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe, maybe not. But maybe uh, not. but then the storm metaphor at the end is just brilliant. I mean, there is a storm, obviously, but you know, River mentions it's getting worse. Mao says we'll pass through it soon enough, and then he starts talking about love and. Love is what keeps her in the air. Makes, That's what she said. Makes her a home. And it's like, wow. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, it's it's just a nice 
the like last line, and it's a good you know summarizing line for the show itself, right? Yeah, no question, right? It could it, there couldn't be a better last line. Yeah, because it was, um, and and that's like obviously what we said. I mean, the there's all kinds of shows about space. There's all kinds of shows with crews, and yeah, you know, like I like Dark Matter a lot. Yeah, um, but you know, it's it's plays tries it doesn't as successfully play on that same formula that that Firefly, where you have a group of people that you really really care about, and they really care about each other, and you know, and that just kind of that whole feeling of love. I mean, you think about it, how that then radiates outward through the fan base, right? Well, sure. Um, love had brought this show to the point where they can make it into a movie. You know, love is why still 10 years later, you know, so many people want to talk about this show and think about this show. We want to see more of this show. So it's just, you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to talk about all the characters. You know, I mean, we've certainly talked about them enough, but just, just the two that die here. I mean, you know, Wash, you know, it just seems like we never get enough of Wash. You know, I mean, we, we just, uh, of all the characters, I, I think I want more of him. Yeah, that's, it was just so upsetting. You know, it, it still is, but like the first time when I, I just, I'll never forget watching this movie the first time and uh and washes death and it's so sudden and you're just like oh my god yeah and 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 that's also kind of like a statement about life though like that's so fleeting and so fragile you know that someone who one minute is you know laughing and everything the next minute just boom like that yeah and 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 then the other is of course shepherd book who in the film we see only briefly when the crew lands at his abbey seeking refuge. And then later they return and find him dying. And, and you know, that, that line about have faith in something. And, and I guess I'm just going to go and, and figure that, that have faith in the love for your crew and the, the love that they have for you. And, and, and that's, what's going to keep your ship in the air. And, and you'd like to see more. We'd have liked to seen his uh, backstory, but it'll be enough. Yeah. Yeah. So well, like I said, who knows? I I I have to think that sometime in the future, in some form or another, we're going to get back to Firefly. Well, my God, yeah. if they're rebooting Heroes, for goodness' sake! Yeah, I know. Mean, like seriously, <laughs> I mean, right, right. And you I, know, I mean, I don't know who owns the rights to Firefly. Um, obviously, Joss Whedon would have to be on board. From things I've read, you, you'd like to think that he would be into it uh, from things I've heard him say multiple times. I mean, look, it gets down to is Nathan again, like we said earlier, assuming we want the original cast is Nathan Fillion available. Well, it sounds to me like if this project happens, I'll figure something out to be available. Gina Torres. I mean, she's got a pretty big uh, role in that. Is it called suits? I think is the series. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, But, but I think that's a, 13 episode show i could be wrong on that so uh everybody else i mean they're all working but you know they're not huge stars so you gotta believe that uh yeah yeah. so make this happen make it happen absolutely make it so make it i beat me to it so (laughs) (laughs) all right anything else uh, well, just like that, that, that final fight scene, just one thing, you know, how like Mal is getting his rear end royally kicked. The guy says, do you know what your sin is? Uh, like, well, I'm a fan of all seven. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh hell, I gotta go with Wrath. You know, uh, I just really like that line, and you know how he gets, uh, you know, like the guy tries to do that move we saw him do earlier, where he like kind of freezes by punching someone in the kidneys, like gets the person immobilized, yeah. and then he has them fall on the sword. Except, you know, Mal doesn't have a kidney there, so it doesn't work. Oh, good point. Oh, very observant. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Random thought. Yeah, well, uh, you know. It's, I, yeah. Hey, I think they understand who they're listening to here. Yeah, I so, guess. If they we've done that. By now, just... Right, we've done that. Go, once go or twice. pick out any podcast from our past. And- exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. Love to hear from you about Firefly, Dark Angel, or anything else you think we should be watching. Like to encourage you to join the Facebook group, or if you're already a member, hey, add some friends. Um, emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. We'll be back next week with Dark Angel, Season 2, Episode 7, Some Assembly Required. But until then... You know, this might be oversharing a little bit, Dave, but I had nothing between my nethers that didn't run on batteries. Always to be